welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. It's season two, episode 47. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to mostly talk Iowa Hawkeye men's basketball and the big win over the Gophers on Sunday. Take a look at what they have coming up in the rest of the season as well. But before I get to that, I just need to mention Caitlin Clark. What an unbelievable basketball player she is for the Hawkeyes and Lisa Bluter's team. Legitimate player of the year candidate, both in the conference and in the nation. The amazing things she does on the court. And Lisa Bluter's team dropped the road game to the Wolverines this week, but the Hawkeyes were shorthanded due to injuries. And Caitlin Clark put up 46 points, 10 assists. She's had back-to-back triples this year, triple doubles, with 30 points scored in those games. It's just amazing. She is putting up Michael Jordan-type numbers, LeBron James-type numbers. And, you know, this six-footer from West Des Moines is quite a player. And if you get a chance, go read Chad Leistico's article on Hawk Central. Just a really nice write-up from the Des Moines Register this past Sunday. You can find it online at hawkcentral.com. Look up Chad Leistico on Twitter. And talks about her background and, and how she became the great player that she is today. And it's just amazing. The Hawkeyes keep getting these unbelievable players, both on the women's and men's teams, who are national player of the year candidates, conference player of the year candidates. It's pretty amazing. And we've been really lucky these last several years being able to watch these college players perform at such a high level. Well, let's shift gears now and talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Gophers. And on Sunday afternoon, Iowa took on Minnesota. This game had a must-win feeling to it uh, because of the loss in the previous game by the Hawkeyes on the road to Penn State. Penn State is a bottom-of-the-pack team in the Big Ten, and the Hawkeyes this point coming into that game on Sunday had lost three of the last four and it just would have felt really bad if the Hawkeyes continued to dig a hole that at some point would probably be insurmountable when talking NCAA tournament. Now they've lost some games that were penciled in as good possibilities to win. The Penn State road game, the Rutgers road game, and they just could not quite pull those out. Lost just a really ugly game at Rutgers by two and then double overtime against Penn State. Well, the Hawkeyes got the win against the Gophers in Iowa City, 71-59, and Iowa's alone in ninth place in the Big Ten. Doesn't sound great. There's work to still be done, but there are a lot of winnable games coming up for the Hawkeyes. And they're 5-6 and in the conference. You'd like to see them win at least five of the last nine to get to 500 in the conference to end the regular season, but preferably really win six or seven to help with seeding. And it really is impossible with a lot of winning games coming up for the Hawkeyes. You know, they've stumbled before, though. So, I mean, there's no gimmies on this schedule, except for maybe Nebraska. But, you know, the toughest games remaining are at Illinois to end the season. You know, they're a ranked team. They're a tough matchup for the Hawkeyes with their dominance on the inside with Kofi Coburn. Ohio State on the road, another ranked team. And that game was postponed due to weather issues. The Hawkeyes couldn't get to Columbus due to ice and snow. And the Hawkeyes are going to be playing a lot of games in a short period of time to make that up. Well, the Hawkeyes also host the Spartans. And it is never easy 
for the Hawkeyes when they're facing Tom Izzo. So, you know, another another really tough game. And, and the Hawkeyes, boy, you'd like to see them get one of those three just to get kind of a marquee win in that resume for the NCAA tournament. And, you know, the Hawkeyes need to take care of business, first of all, at Maryland on Thursday night. Then they have a home and away against just the horrendous Nebraska Cornhuskers that are led by Freddie Hoiberg. Hoiberg. And then there's a home and away with Michigan, who is a bit down this year. They're just not the, the Michigan team that we've came to know the last several seasons. So the Hawkeyes have a chance to do some damage there. And then a home game against Northwestern. You know, when that game comes, depending on what's happened in the other games, but that's that's a, a must-win at home against the Wildcats. So it's all there for the Hawkeyes. You know, they've dropped a couple of games they'd like to have back, but they just need to keep at it, get some nice wins over the next few weeks, maybe get get one that people aren't expecting. And if they can get six or seven wins, they're going to be in great shape. Well, let's go back and talk a little bit about the Iowa-Minnesota game from Sunday. It was a game where Fran McCaffrey was watching from home due to COVID, and it sounds like he's doing better now, he's doing well, and will be ready to coach on Thursday night's game in College Park, Maryland. Billy Taylor, the third-year assistant, took over the head coaching duties for this game. And really interesting, I listened to Billy, it was probably 10 days ago now, when he filled in for Fran McCaffrey on his call-in show, and I was just really impressed with him. He just has a ton of respect for Fran. Their their you know relationship goes back. They have a long history. Really fascinating. Fran actually recruited Billy to go to Notre Dame. He ended up there, and Fran was his position coach for four years. Fran later hired Billy to be an assistant coach. Uh, he joined the Iowa coaching staff, for a second time a few years ago after spending some time as a head coach. And he's had stops as a head coach at Lehigh, Ball State, and then most recently at Division II Belmont Abbey. And he's been a head coach three times in his career and an assistant coach three times in his career. But the interesting thing is all three assistant coaching jobs were while he was were working for head coach Fran McCaffrey. And I just thought that was just kind of interesting and, and unusual that he's had three assistant coaching jobs um, and all three head coach was Fran McCaffrey. And so Fran must really like him. He must really like Fran. And just it was great listening to him talk to Dolph and Bobby uh, about the offense, the defense, um, some of the nuances that we don't usually get to hear, how they scout other teams, etc. And I wasn't surprised at all to see how well the team responded to him on Sunday. You know, he mentioned they they tried to make it all seem just as normal as possible, even though Coach Fran wasn't there. Uh, talked about all the experience that they have on this coaching staff, and and you look back at that, and it really is remarkable how many combined years there are on this this staff. You know guys that were former head coaches places, but also just how long these guys have been at Iowa now. And in a situation like this where your head coach can't go, that is a true advantage uh, to have that much experience and, and coaches that have been around this program for so long. 
let's get to the game. It was a it was a tale of two halves in this game. The Hawkeyes struggled shooting in the first half, just 38% from the field. Jabo hit a couple of threes early. Iowa did shoot 42% from three in that first half. Minnesota, though, was 48% overall, 56% from, from three in that first half. Minnesota also out-rebounded the Hawkeyes by two, and it has not been a good sign this year when the Hawkeyes are out-rebounded. In that first half, as I said, J-Bo, a couple of big threes, but other than that, it was mostly Keegan Murray and Patrick McCaffrey. They had 21 points. He had on J-Bo's six. That's 27 of the Hawkeyes' total, 34 points. So the rest of the guys, only seven points to show. In the second half, the Gophers took a five-point lead with 15 minutes remaining and then made just two of their next 16 field goal attempts. Patrick McCaffrey, three, with just over three minutes left, gave the Hawkeyes the biggest lead of the game, an 18-point lead at 71-53, to and that was it. The biggest change, really, that seemed to take place in that second half, the thing that really impacted this game, was a suffocating man-to-man defense by the Hawkeyes. Jordan Bohan and Aaron Eulis were up on their guys. They were denying passing lanes. Great on-ball defense. And Minnesota was having trouble getting their shot up before the shot clock expired. And that was just a blast to watch, those guys out there working that hard. The shooting completely turned around in that second half. Iowa finished at 45% overall shooting, 39% from three. That's that's good for the Hawkeyes, that that three-point shot uh, statistic there. And then Minnesota also shot 39% from three, just 36% overall. Credit Iowa's man defense, really tough on-ball defense in that second half to significantly reduce those shooting numbers. And Iowa did lose that rebounding battle by two, but that means they were even in that second half. The Hawkeyes ranked number three in the nation in fewest turnovers per game, with just under nine per game, only committed six turnovers against the Gophers. Gosh, that's winning basketball right there. And another... Winning statistic, the Hawkeyes scored 21 points off of Minnesota's 12 turnovers. No surprise, but the great sophomore Keegan Murray led the Hawkeyes again, scoring 24 points, grabbing 15 rebounds. He was 9 of 18 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3. Keegan only sat for 45 seconds this game, and it wasn't just his offense and rebounding uh, in this game. He was also playing great defense on Minnesota's leading scorer, their top player, Jamison Battle, who scored just two points in this game, one of 12 shooting. Just amazing. Patrick McCaffrey is really getting it going. He's looking confident out there. He's mentioned how the game has really slowed down for him of late with more experience he's getting out on the court. He bobbled an alley-oop pass that just would have had Carver going nuts. He was going to just rip the, rip that rim down, but ended in a turnover. But what a great game by him. 18 points, 7 rebounds on 8 of 14 shooting, 2 of 3 from long range. And that's just so valuable if he can continue to hit from 3 consistently. His shot is looking better and better. He's getting more comfortable finishing when he gets into the lane as well. And he is so good. At getting into the lane, he looks so effortless out there. 
really a special talent and going to be interesting to watch, you know, the next couple of years. His body continues to develop. Um, he is going to be quite a player. and he's a, He already is. Well, it was really a Keegan and Patrick game. You know, when you look at this game from the offensive view, they shot 17 of 32 combined, while the rest of the team shot just 12 of 33, or 36% from the field. Jordan Bohannon, he was just 2 of 7 from 3, 6 points on the game. That was his first half scoring. But, you know, he was really deeing it up in the second half, so it's not just about scoring, and that was fun to see him out there playing defense with a lot of hustle and passion. Philip Rebracha had just one of those games where he kind of disappears out there. He had just four points, two rebounds. Really want to see him, you know, when he plays 25 minutes like he did, getting five, six, seven rebounds out there. Um, And would like to see him more aggressive, you know, getting the ball, just going after the ball, asking for the ball, getting open underneath, and then taking shots underneath the hoop. But, hey, Tony Perkins, he got the nod over Joe Toussaint. That was kind of big news. The Hawkeyes haven't shuffled the lineup, starting lineup all year. So a little bit different look, sliding Jordan Bohannon back to point guard, Perkins in at the two. Perk only had two points on one of four shooting. Uh, Joe Toussaint only played six minutes in this game. He had one assist, zero points on 0 of one shooting. You know, I, we'll see more time, more minutes for Joe going forward, but Things were just rolling in that second half with Jordan Bohannon and Ulis in there. And I think Billy Taylor just kind of stuck with those guys once the Hawkeyes were, were building that lead. Off the bench, Aaron Ulis played 21 minutes. He's been playing starter-type minutes of late. He was 4 of 9 shooting, 1 of 2 from 3. And that was just huge when he knocked down a 3-pointer for his confidence. Continue to hope he can add that to his game. He's got a nice shot, a nice stroke from the free throw line. Although he missed a couple in this game, but he's shooting over 80% on the season. Hey, he had five rebounds, two assists in this game as well. He's kind of, you know, a stat sheet stuffer. And he's been playing close to starter minutes for quite some time. Seems to be the guy that the coaching staff trusts the most along with Jordan Bohannon when the game is on the line. Chris Murray struggled a little bit offensively in this game. I think he played 15 minutes, uh, three points on one of five shooting. He did knock down a three, and just a couple of rebounds in this game. Peyton Sanford played 10 minutes, two of four shooting. He was one of three from three. And, you know, I love his confidence, willingness to just rip a three the second he steps on the floor. And, you know, it's been it's been big, in my opinion, getting him more minutes out there. Just hope he continues to get about 10 to 15 minutes, gets the opportunity to hit some threes, get his confidence going, because that could win some games for them in the postseason. It was nice to get back on the winning track for the Hawkeyes. Sweeping the Gophers on the season is always nice as well. Now it's on the road, the Terrapins of Maryland. So the grind continues Nine more chances to improve that NCAA resume. And the Hawkeyes want to get back to 500 in the conference on Thursday night in College Park, Maryland. So let's get a win, Hawkeyes. Go Hawks!